everyone, and uh, welcome to the very first AD92 radio show. Uh, I'm Ben. I'm the Twitter manager for AD92, and we're here on AD92 radio, which is our 24-7 station that plays the music from Disneyland Paris Parks and other parks, and it is now the home to our little show. Uh, we're very excited, to, uh, so uh, please let us know what you think. Uh, and when I say we, that's because I am not alone on the air. And uh, if you're on Twitter or Facebook or YouTube or Instagram, uh, you know my co-hosts. Uh, he's a big Imagining fan and a, a computer genius. He also uh, is the creator of Parkpal, which is one of the best, if uh, yeah, the best app out there uh, for GLP waiting times and schedules. It's uh, Michael McNeil. Hello, Michael. Hello. You're too kind. Hi. <laughs> I try, and uh, <laughs> and we also have a YouTube superstar, and uh, I'm pretty much sure he's a future meet and greet character at Disneyland in Paris. Uh, you recognize him by his uh, big beard and his fluffy microphone. Uh, it's Curious Axel. Hi, Axel. Hi, everybody. Hi, Ben. Hi, Michael. Hello. Hey, Axel. Uh, so let me introduce uh, what we're trying to do here, or rather, what we're uh, not trying to do. Uh, if you follow. All our medias, uh, you're probably already well up to date on the news and everything that's going on at Disneyland Paris. So over here, we're going to try to be discussing the news and pretty much random things um, at the time and try to make it very much of an opinion show. Uh, not, not that we won't drop any uh, little news in here, maybe, uh, but mostly we want to discuss uh, what's been going on. Uh, so we're going to take turns with a few topics that we want to talk about today. And um, I'll be the one uh, starting off with uh, a big news for today, because we're recording this on Tuesday, uh, July 4th. Uh, happy Independence Day, by the way, to anyone from America. Um, and uh, we have been recently uh, seen at Disneyland Paris. Uh, actually, the news this week was very much about scheduling. Uh, and there are two things that happened this week that were really uh, not, not planned or announced, or at least uh, not a lot of people knew about. Um, uh, the first thing is a change uh, this fall for the extra magic hours, uh, where we're going from 8 to 10 to uh, 8 to 10 in one park in Disneyland Park to 9 to 10 in Disneyland Park and the Walt Disney Studios. So big change here. Uh, we'll talk about, you know, what are the possible reasons for this. And the second thing that we uh, just discovered this afternoon is a brand new pre-parade that is only on Tuesday. Um, and uh, it got clarified later on by TLP Communications that uh, it is actually an homage to um, uh, the Mickey Mouse show, which uh, had a special guest star on Tuesday. Um, so every Tuesday, uh, we're assuming from now on, uh, we have a special guest on the parade. And today, the special guests what, what, uh, were uh, Nick and uh, Judy from Zootopia, which are characters that fans very much have been requesting. So lots of, uh, lots of good reactions, uh, except the ones that I guess left uh, the resort just last weekend. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, so what do you guys think? Uh, what, what, is, um, what is going on with scheduling at Disneyland Paris? Uh, what, what are they trying to make us, the guests, do? Are we all going to come on Tuesday now? And, uh, and what do you think the, the changes in the morning are about? Gee, come on. I, I, can, I can hear the people booing the 9 o'clock opening. <laughs> I can hear the, I can hear them booing. I don't know what's I I'm a big fan, dude. I'm a big fan that they're gonna open the two parks at 9 a.m. But wasn't the whole deal of opening at 8 a.m. so people would go in 
grab their breakfast inside the park and just have a bit of extra time. Don't forget, all the regular uh, entries can go in at 9.30. So that's half an hour you have. That's not a lot. But could that change? Maybe. We don't know. Could they actually be opening the gates at 10? Or they can do everything. It's this. They could do everything. <laughs> There's one thing though, and obviously this is completely not official, but it seems like the in-park breakfast, uh, you know, um, scores or revenue, whatever they calculate, are just not very good. Um, and it could be because people just don't know about it, or people don't want to rush. Uh, but uh, it seems, you know, and I don't know, Axel, what you think? You've done the breakfast at Plaza Garden. Is it? Is it but good? See- basically. I see every time that I'm there, I see lines outside the door. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken, that place is full about 80% of the time. And if it's not full, then it will be almost at capacity. So it's actually doing very well. But that's, that's the character breakfast. Uh, that aside, I didn't like it. They, they, they hurt you out. So you don't have enough time uh, to eat and see the characters, but that's my opinion. Uh, but the other breakfast, I, I didn't have anything else besides the Plaza Garden breakfast. First of all, uh, as for now, still 10 years, we still have a breakfast at Salon Mickey for everybody such a shareholder. But you still have the breakfast inside your hotel. If you pay for it. If you pay for it, but a lot of a lot of packages include right. the breakfast. Oh, is that still a thing? The paying breakfast, yeah. Oh, the packages, you mean? Um, yeah. yeah. Is it? And you have you have two new Starbucks. Come on. Yeah, that's true. But I feel like you know, from an uh, um, I feel like we're we're talking a lot to fans through all of our accounts, uh, fans who are very much eager to meet the characters. But really, how many people go at eight a.m. in the fall? Or in the winter, and is that like in a term in terms of like number of satisfied guests? Do you think that maybe they made the calculation and were like, well, most people don't get to the park until nine o'clock anyway. Like random, you know, not random, but you know, the average guests. So does it make more sense maybe to have two parks open so that all those average guests at the hotel could hang, enjoy more things? And maybe it's at the detriment of fans who just want to be alone with the characters. But in in the end, isn't Disneyland Paris trying to please as many people as possible? See, I kind of saw it as different, like in a different light. Like when I saw that news, I kind of took it as people, like I imagine them seeing people being unhappy that the only park that seems to ever be open for extra magic hours is Disneyland Park. And not really ever Walt Disney Park. So I just got the impression that it was a way of like increasing guest satisfaction by opening both. And if they have to reduce the times to do that or make it possible, like financially and all that kind of stuff, then so be it. But I totally didn't see it as like them thinking, let's reduce the time as a starting point, if that makes sense. I saw it more of as a result. That was just a total guess. That's how I interpreted the news. Well, it's funny. Well, let me say just, Michael, you are not a huge character fan. That's correct. <laughs> So, so, you know, it's, and not everyone is, not everyone is, I didn't used to be, but, uh, so it's true that if you want to do more thrill rides, then obviously more guests will be happy with having studios as well. Cause sometimes we tend to view it as, you know, character fans are sometimes very vocal and will just be the ones outraged that they don't have enough time with their characters. But if you're in Disneyland Park, like I really, how many 
thrill rides are open during magic hours, you'll have, you know, either Star Tours, Space Mountain, maybe both. And that that's about it. Whether if you open studios, uh, you know, you'll, you might have Rock and Roller Coaster, Tower of Terror, um, Ratatouille, if it opens in time, um, you know, so maybe more, I, I really view it as like, just on page trying to satisfy more people, even if they know that they're, you know, core fans who are at the gate at eight o'clock are going to be um, unhappy. If they open the whole park. That is if they open the whole park. Yeah. Yeah. When, when you, when you, for, for this, the magic cars that are happening right now, don't forget that we only have Fantasyland and Discoveryland and Discoveryland without Star Tours. Yeah. yeah. If, if they're going to open the whole park, the whole Walt Disney Studios, then it, it's even less than a half day park with no weights. You're going to do the complete park in your extra magic hour. <laughs> right. And then you can just hop onto the Disneyland park. So maybe it isn't a bad thing. <laughs> you don't need that park at all. Just open it in the morning. and then you're We just convince ourselves there was a bad thing and then a good thing and then back to a bad thing. I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I guess we'll see what, what, how it works in the fall. Uh, the, the other thing that started today is that brand new pre-parade. So um, I, I must say, even though we had a clue about it, uh, what is that about? Are they trying to make guests come on Tuesdays? I understand that it's a, a you know Disney tradition, uh, but in the terms of things that are on Disneyland Paris priority list, was this was this number one? I don't know. I was totally giggling at the like when I played the video earlier and heard the announcement, like the voiceover talking about Tuesday. Um, this is going to be one of those things where I could be completely out of the loop. But every time they said Tuesday and made a big thing about Tuesday, I kind of giggled to myself and smirked because I was just like, this is so strange. Like, why are they making such a it's huge Tuesday. deal of Tuesday? Why? Like, I love it because it's weird and I don't understand it. <laughs> but I was like, I, I don't, I don't under understand what? it, to be honest. I'm <laughs> happy that they're doing it. It's very really fun. But, you know, I thought maybe Wednesday because most kids, a lot of kids are, are off school on Wednesday afternoon. So maybe, you know, I do it on a Wednesday. But, Any um, day is fine. Like every day if you want. But just the fact that the voiceover made such a big deal about it being the second day of the week. Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But uh, cool. I mean, it's, you know, I, I, tr I try to think of like from a operational point of view, are they trying to make locals who don't work come on Tuesdays? Are they trying to make people who come for the weekend stay all the way till Tuesday, which that would be kind of a stretch, but maybe, you know, uh, or is it just a cute little thing they're doing for the summer? Uh, yeah. But it was good to see Nick and, uh, and Judy in the, in the, on the parade route. Um, that's true. Let's see how long That's... that lasts. Axel, yeah, well, what do you think? <laughs> what they have, they have. I've seen, uh, I've seen the video. I've seen the pictures. They took out the uh, dancers, well, at least the costumes uh, of the uh, 25th anniversary of April 12th. So, with that in mind, they they have a lot to offer. Don't forget that every single land had his own costume, had his own dancers, uh, with oh, all the characters that we've seen. I think that possibilities are quite limitless in in every week. So you could you could go every single Tuesday of a month and never see the same character or the same dancer, which is nice for the locals. But True. Tuesday, come on! I, I, right? I, <laughs> that was my reaction too. I was talking to some of the you know some of the guys that we talked to on Twitter, and they're like, "Yeah, um, you know, is it every Tuesday?" I'm like, "I guess." I, it's just um, yep. Yeah. Uh, 
Why not? Uh, I'm sure there's someone who made that decision somewhere thought that was a good idea. So my initial um, thought with Tuesday, right, was like in a non-Disney state of mind where I thought, well, maybe Tuesday's like their really quiet day in the same way cinemas and things have quiet days maybe. that they try and promote. But then I thought, this is like a tourist destination. Like, in theory, it runs continuously. Like, every day is Groundhog Day and, and they have the best time every day. Like, the best time ever, every day. Not like... Uh, slumps at certain times of the week so I really don't know like I can't imagine that the audience is local enough to sway it so that a certain day of the week is much much quieter but maybe it, maybe that is true I don't know what do you guys like I feel like you guys probably know more about me especially with the local fans how big the a thing deal is that might Tuesdays be. have always been a good day for characters but not only because it was Tuesday but also because it's usually a day that they do a lot of training sets and a lot of you know random random things because actually because the park is not as busy you can't really get you know uh. popular princesses on the weekend uh, because they would just get mobbed you know <laughs> and also the park we know, we know what I'm saying <laughs> and the park is so busy it's just not a good experience for anyone to have random meets on the weekends but during the week and Tuesday sort of historically used to be a day that was pretty good uh Thursdays as well uh, we're not really supposed to say it but Tuesdays and Thursdays is pretty good uh <laughs> so maybe that's just capitalizing on that um or maybe it is their slow day or maybe it's just a cute little thing they're doing for no reason but you know at Disneyland Paris I don't think anything is ever done for no reason um, no but, uh, but I like the song. It's the, uh, you know, Tuesday song. <laughs> yeah. Tuesday song. original. That would, yeah, that would be stupid on a Wednesday. Song, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, maybe they only had a Tuesday song. Maybe that's the whole secret. They had that's a Tuesday song and they were like, well, now we just have to do it on a Tuesday. This is going to be the best song to accidentally play uh, at any other, any other time of the week when things occasionally yeah. slip up. This would please, I hope this is like one of the ones that falls into that criteria. <laughs> So I guess we'll see. We'll see who's uh, who's there next week. But they seem to have a good lineup. Uh, all right, we're gonna go to a, a quick break uh, because we have to, and then we'll be right back with uh, more topic and more discussions. And welcome back to the ED ninety two radio show. I'm here with Curious Axel and Michael McNeila. And the next topic that we're gonna talk about is not a light one. Uh, we're gonna talk about the. OPA, the buyout, so many names for this thing. Um, Axel, over to you. The, the buyout, it is a light. Well, I feel, I feel lighter. I mean, my wallet feels lighter. Sorry about that. <laughs> now it's, well, does it though? No, your wallet feels heavier. You no, it feels heavier. It, feels, it depends. It really depends. Um, it depends when you bought uh, the stock. Um, depends how oh, many of you, uh, how many stock you had. Um, so, so it, it really depends. I think most of the shareholders came out better, better-ish. I don't know. So I don't think we, we've lost uh, a, a ton of money. And all the small... I mean, if you bought it in 92, no? If you, right? if you, if you bought it in 92, yeah, then, then maybe... What? No, I, I believe if somebody bought the stock in 92 and... These are all the old French guys that I see uh, each and every time at Salon Mickey. If you're going to count all the croissants, coffees, and waters they had, <laughs> they, they have their True. money back. They have their money back. And all the small shareholders, they're, they're, those, are, those are fans. Restaurant discounts, I think, probably is probably the biggest. <laughs> everybody did. Everybody did. Do you, do you guys genuinely think that, though? Like, I know it's been... 
a long time, 25 years, but even though those discounts were fairly significant, for the amount of money some people put in, do you genuinely think that all of the kind of benefits over time have outweighed the money they put in? I don't think they, when they, when they opened, I don't think that they bought a thousand of them. So I do believe, and I've, I've seen that because if you go to, to a shareholder meeting, well, not anymore, but um, you had to miss those. Well, you had, you had the whole list. And then on that list, you had to sign your name and, and then you have, yeah, you, you have the other people. So you see everybody who's in front of you, uh, under you, and you see how much stock they have. Oh, wow. And I didn't realize I was that open about it. On that page, I was the one with the most stock. And I, I don't know that. I, I didn't know that much. So literally, you were talking about one share. I see what you mean. Two, okay. five. So I know it's sentimental, but I do believe that it's for the good of Disneyland Paris. I'm not saying for the, for the good of the company. Don't forget, uh, the Walt Disney Company made a huge amount of money off Disneyland Paris. So even if the company, even if Disneyland Paris was losing money, uh, with the Walt Disney Company was still uh, gaining on, on the loss of Disneyland Paris. So it is good for the park. If it's going to be better for the Walt Disney Company, that, that's their problem now. But I but, feel like the only way they could have it done is if it was a good deal for the Walt Disney Company because they have investors in the US that would not have, you know, understood bailing out a park and just pouring money into a park that's that's not going to be a good deal. They have so many responsibilities back in the US. Not that I'm saying that it's okay, but I think it happened now and not, you know, 15 years ago because now is a good deal for the Walt Disney Company. I don't think it was in the past. No. No, it is, it is a good deal now because we, in the last five years, Disneyland Paris made so much progress. And you can see that on, on each and every picture that you look back from 10 years ago, five years ago, and where we are today. So the park made a lot of progress. And I do think that the Walt Disney Company noticed that. And it's not, it's not a coincidence that they're going to say, Hey, we are gonna we are gonna help you, Disneyland Paris. You're not doing so well. We did not we didn't do so well ten years, fifteen years ago. It was worse, and they weren't there. They weren't there. So, I wonder if they sort of like told them, you know, quietly. Well, why don't you fix your park and then then we'll buy it. <laughs> when you guys refer to like improvements and fixing, do you mean kind of like guest experience, how it looks, or financially, or a bit of both? Oh, it's it, well, the whole program, right? The yeah. whole refer program and and the yeah, general the, the, little things. Just today, the they were repainting yeah. some random random little piece of Main, street, Main street, and right, I feel yeah. like that never that never used to happen in the past, right? After the last shareholders meeting, I was uh, talking to uh, Daniel Delcourt, who's the, the COO, so just well working together with Catherine Powell, and he was mentioning, you know, if you walked through Main Street. Five to six years ago, you could see mushrooms against the wall. It would be dirty. It would be. You could see still and coffee. That, isn't that what they put on the burgers? No. <laughs> what? <Sorry. laughs> what? 
they, they, you don't see that right now. So you, you, they really did a great job in, in maintenance and maintaining the park in a good way and yeah, not cool. like, like five years ago. So you do notice that. Uh, you notice that from the cast members too. You, you, you see the cast members evolving and their job becomes a passion. Not for all of them. We're still in Paris. But for a lot of them... Spot on the charm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you... Get yelled at at the till at Cafe Hyperion. That's normal. Come, come into City Hall, say you want to write an applausogram, and what was, what's wrong? What do you do now? They're like, wait, we have to print some of those. We don't. don't (laughs) That was the reaction I got last time. Like, what? (laughs) They're like, who? What? You mean a complaint? No, no. It's my birthday. I want a button. You want what? And we should tell people if you're very happy with the cast member, you should go tell City Hall because it does go back to them and it does uh, make a difference in in that cast members. Always forget to do it, but then I see cast members posting the ones they've got, and I thought I always think like, oh, this is this is such a big deal. I should do this. And it's always yeah. on like the Eurostar home that I'm like, oh, there's another trip without doing it. Oops. Maybe we should start doing AD92 cast compliment. When people send us compliments about the cast member, we'll send someone and give them a little placard like they go at Disney World. <laughs> they should. They should. They going. I did that when, when we were at Walt Disney World. There was a young lady who helped us in a shop. And she was so helpful. I just tweeted, you know, thank you with her name, the shop. And hashtag cast compliment. And they printed out my tweet, went to see the cast member, gave her the, 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 the printed oh. tweet, took a picture, and got back to me on Twitter with, you know, she was very happy and we gave her your tweet. And I that's, have seen that post actually. I think it came up in my timeline. <laughs> that's that's so that's so easy. You don't you don't have to spend any time, yeah, uh, any of your precious time to go to City Hall. Especially in Paris with five other people complaining next to you uh, <laughs> and then seven other waiting for their green card. That, that would be so much easier. And that's, I think that might be one of the things that they are going to introduce, you know, now that the Walt Disney Company bought the Euro Disney, so bought Disneyland Paris. I think that's one of the, one of the things they can introduce together with so much other things, you know, talking about magic bands, come on, how cool would that be? I don't think we're getting magic bands. I don't want to be, you know, negative, but I don't think it's going to happen. We'll talk about it with RFID, but uh, um, from, I, I think we're getting the model that Disneyland Resort in California is getting, which is a model that's past magic band. Like people now don't use physical objects and I understand magic bank is cool and has other features that, you know, phones don't have, but I think ultimately it's going to all going to be in people's phones as in, you'll just use a Disneyland Paris app to book your fast pass and enter the park and redeem your fast pass. But a magic band is sellable. It's, it's easy money. Yeah. If people buy more than the standard one, they get issued it is. Yeah. It's a lot of logistics for for something that I don't know. I I, I remember reading about Walt Disney World that Magic Band, you know, the whole Magic Bank project costs them money. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they get other source of revenue and all, you know data and lots of things out of it. But technically, I think it costs a lot of money to run yeah. this thing. Like I love Magic Bands, like the principle of them, but 
after reading a few articles about it a long time ago, admittedly, they all made it sound like it was a massive expense, like obscene. Because I think that the 2.0 are like more evolved, but the first ones are just like RFID chips, right? That you find yeah. in your credit card. Uh, yeah, but we do have the we do have the tills now, right? We do have the the turnstiles that have RFID. Yeah, that's something that Michael wanted to talk about. Michael, what is wrong with the RFID? <laughs> so I haven't used it. Yeah, what's wrong with that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I can't really comment too much on like how it works and what it's like to use. Obviously, having not used it, but. The branding, whenever I see people post photos online, especially like the kind of update photos, the ED92 posts showing like this is a new reader, uh, this is where it's going, all that kind of stuff. I, I feel like a genuinely like genuinely like a little bit of pain when I see the design of them, because like I know the comparisons are root of all evil. But when I think of the designs they use at like Disneyland Resort and Walt Disney World for similar things that are like so nice looking and they have like feedback lights and they're round and like colorful really cool but yeah like even if you were to say okay magic bands aren't coming fine but dlr design resort has now got something vaguely similar using barcode scanning and their readers still look like uh the magic band programs and they look great but in paris for some reason we've gone with just like sheet metal that's been bent a bit with a picture of like a contactless symbol rotated and then literally just the text RFID. Which is not even the official logo of RFID or anything like it just, that. Yeah, exactly. It just feels so strange to me. It'd be, it would almost be like, for example, the, like you go to an attraction and maybe there's like a, a board outside that tells you about the safety information for the attraction. And instead of saying, for example, doom buggies or something fancy and kind of like part of the experience, they just go like, there are these haunted containers made of plastic that you sit in and they run along a track like it rfid totally is the name of the technology but it feels so wrong to put that in really really basic ways on all the like different designy things around the park it just oh, it pains me <laughs> they do they do look a bit like a metro entry turnstile, yeah, but you know i was thinking intuitive. the other day when i was posting photos of uh you know those uh those new 360 sound systems that they put on plastic star for the star wars shows they were put there when just when did that show start like uh, months and months ago January, and they yeah. just yeah they just themed them like last week so i'm thinking maybe there is hope you know maybe those turnstile will be used as is for three months and then one day we'll just enter the park and they'll be like covered in some you know copper or green I'd entrance love to believe that. park. <laughs> you do <laughs> believe in magic, it. right? You do. Magic. It's so nice. I do, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's another one, and it's funny because I was at the airport this morning, and there's another one that kind of bugs me. Is I I love that they get feedback on you know people's experience with you know the photo pastels and the toilets and everything, but those buttons are the same ones that you see like at the airport, at the train station, like they have not, I, yeah. I'm not asking them to build like Mickey shaped ones, but I don't know, yeah. maybe put a sticker on it. I don't know. Like realistically, very basic. it's Disney, right? And I feel like if you were, if you were like, this is kind of like, I don't know, it's not on the surface stuff, but if you're Disney and then you approach any supplier for anything, even if you're not buying a lot of them, like I don't think Disney are kind of buying hundreds of thousands of these readers. There's probably just enough for each place they're going. But I'm pretty sure you could say like, please can we have this branded to our specifications? And the company would be like, sure we will, you're Disney, we'd love to. 
but instead they're not. It it is a little thing sometimes, isn't it? But also because we such like you know we have such an eagle eye on the park. Uh, but yeah, it's the little things that you're like, oh, that it doesn't ruin your day, but you can like, mm, you know, you missed that one. Yeah, like uh, it's. I feel like we have such high expectations because it is Disney, and like if this was just a random theme park in the middle of nowhere with like a different brand attached to it, it'd be a completely different story. But we have like the expectations of the American park and. What we can't like, what can be done at Disneyland Paris? So it's just sad when new things come in that potentially don't even cost all that much to do, that maybe don't have the thought that we've come to expect. Yeah, it, you know, I mean, all I can say is let's hope for more theming for the turnstile. They they've only put one in each park, I think, or a couple in each park. So um, hopefully they'll be better, and hopefully the cards will look better as well. Um. But uh, for now, uh, we're going to take another quick break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about pirates. All right, we'll see you in a bit. And welcome back. We're back from the break. And uh, just, uh, you know, uh, obviously we have a little conversation during the commercial breaks. And uh, Axel was just telling me that, uh, that can I say it? The, just say it. Just say the it. Turnstile, the turnstile at the train station, that, uh, they look better than the turnstile at the entrance of the park, the new ones. Uh, so there you go. Next time, if you deny an entrance to the park by the cast member, you'll know why. Criticize yeah, the turnstile. Um, you're criticizing our turnstiles. Please go away. <laughs> no, they'll still take your money. They need it. Uh, so next topic we're going to talk about is, basically, that was the controversy, was it last week or two weeks ago? It is Pirates of the Caribbean. Uh, lots of things going on. Lots of things that we've learned. And the first one I wanted to talk about is... The restaurant, Blue Lagoon, I uh, mixed feelings, personally, mixed feelings on this one. It was the first uh, sit-down restaurant that I ever went to at Disneyland Paris. And, you know, there's, there's this huge debate in the Disney community, especially in recent years, about, you know, do we want IP or do we want original stuff? And sure, Blue Lagoon was linked to Pirates, which is which was retroactively linked to a movie. But uh, it was still its own thing with its own... I guess, storyline or just uh, atmosphere. And now it is going to become, um, what is it called again? Uh, Jack's, Captain Jack's, uh, Captain Jack's with a very flattering subtitle, Le Restaurant des Pirates, because, you know, in case you don't know that you're in the Paris of the Caribbean attraction and Captain Jack, or you don't know who Captain Jack is, then you need <laughs> an extra subtitle to tell you that it's a restaurant that has pirates in it. No, that, uh, that's, that's, on a, that's in the attraction. It's not, a, is it going to be, it's not going to be a character restaurant, right? We're well, not we're not sure. See. We we are not sure. We are not sure. Uh, it seems like the door has been left open for, if not permanence, at least maybe some themed nights. Just kind of like um, inventions. Although, does invention have characters all the time? Maybe they do. No, no. Um, or you know, like some 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 restaurants will have characters. Some of the meals. Uh, but uh, nothing's been announced. But I, it sounded it sounded like it might uh, that you might cross a pirate or two. So maybe they won't, maybe it won't be Jack Sparrow, but maybe it'll just be random pirates. I don't know. Uh, Did the press release not mention like I thought I could have misread it, but I thought it kind of said you will see pirates. I think it did, yeah. But maybe not characters explicitly, but right. pirates. If that makes sense, generic happy pirates. Yeah. <laughs> Or unhappy pirates, but that's your waiter. <laughs> Excel, are you a happy pirate or an unhappy pirate about this? About this, thing? I'm a very unhappy pirate. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a very unhappy one. I'm, I think that the, the restaurant that 
I like the most in, in the original Disneyland in Anaheim must be the Blue Bayou. And it just has, has that other name because the restaurant, you go inside the restaurant on, uh, on the New Orleans side, but you have Pirates of the Caribbean. So you go inside the boat to ride Pirates. And first of all, you're, you're in the bayou where you have the restaurant and then you go to the Caribbean to see the pirates. Now, Blue Lagoon had it all. Why do they have to make that name so childish? Why? It is. It is. Yeah, for me, it's really the subtitle. You know, Captain Jack's oh, fine, <laughs> fine, fine. Uh, but yeah, the subtitles um, is just a bit. Um, yeah. So, if with with the changes coming to the Disneyland Hotel, Inventions Restaurant that is so beautifully themed might well be just Mickey's restaurant because Mickey's going to be there each and every meal. But do we, do we need to make every name? So I'm, I know it's, it's, it's Disneyland, but do we need it? So childish. Yeah. Someone on Twitter was joking that, you know, if you just continue like that, why not go with the attraction and just call it's a small world, you know, the dollhouse attraction or, uh, you know, lose all sorts of, uh, you know, clever. We could do Ratatouille and then have a subtitle after that as well. You mean L'Aventure Totalement Turquie de Rémy? Yeah. I have no idea what you're talking about. That's, that's the <laughs> subtitle for Ratatouille. <laughs> Which was funny enough, uh, it's still there on the sign, but uh, no one ever refers to that stupid French subtitle. Uh, but yeah, it was basically when the attraction opened, uh, the name of it was like a line and a half on the page because it was so much... Uh, yeah, they do love some subtitles. Um, uh, but, you know, I, I don't want to judge before it opens. We'll see it. It's going to open a few days before the attraction, apparently. Um uh, reservations are already open, so um, although the attraction might open a few days before the attraction uh, <laughs> is supposed to open, so uh, so we'll see pretty soon. I think it's less than a couple of weeks. Um, but uh, let's see what they've done on the inside as well. Like apparently, it's been slightly updated, but we'll see. Uh, the the other news, obviously, is what is going on inside the ride. So uh, everyone has been talking about the redhead. Um, and um, it's funny that, you know, first, uh, the thing that was very uh, interesting about that press release is that it came from the Disney Park blogs. So, you know, welcome, welcome <laughs> to the family. Talking about the buyout and things that have changed. Apparently, things are already in motion. Uh, and also that uh, it seems that we'll get that scene as an exclusive in Paris for at least, uh, I can't remember exactly how long, maybe six months or a year. Uh, the, the redhead has now... Join the pirates and got a gun and uh, is gonna defend. Uh, no, not defend. Is gonna uh, take the help the pirates uh, still rob the villagers, which is still wrong, but not as wrong as when <laughs> she was <laughs> human trafficking. So I is guess that, is that the real re? Is that the, the explanation of that? I'm from what I understand. That's what it is. So she now has a gun and she's helping the pirates. So she's joined the pirates and she's helping the the pirates. You know, I gather all the loot from like all the possessions from the villagers. Um, so you can steal, but you can't. But you can't human traffic. But you can. <laughs> you see the the bigger lady next to the auctioneer now has eggs in her hands. So I was actually thinking that they were not auctioning the ladies, but the goods they had with them. So I was actually thinking they were gonna 
auctioneer the gun from the Red Hat. Like they do the ex of the bigger lady. I don't know. I don't know. I could be wrong. It's kind of confusing, really. But um, why? Why would why would I, they take that away? Why would they change the scene at all? Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, I think it's a whole, like, you know, politically correct thing. No, I, I from one, I can't see any other reason. Uh, it, it's not... It's, uh, you know, Disney parks are being a bit more sanitized these days and things that were okay when, uh, even maybe when Disneyland Paris was open, uh, now, you know, with social media and all that kind of stuff, uh, maybe uh, they feel like it's a liability to have someone auction a lady in a Disney ride. Um, I'm super torn by this because, like, I, I can totally see why people call it political correctness. If I was to kind of wonder, I wonder why they've done this. Um, I would just literally imagine if I had a daughter, I've seen this argument online loads and it's kind of like an obvious one, but if I had a daughter and we were on the ride together and we went past that scene and she asked me what was happening, A, I wouldn't know what was happening because I've never really paid much thought to it, but B, if I actually went to explain, it is pretty terrible to try and explain that to a child and it is a theme park aimed at children like so i i on that side of it i totally understand like but would the child really this... realize what's going on or i mean no well that's the thing though i don't think they'd realize necessarily from looking at it i'm an adult and i didn't realize by looking at it which sounds super naive but especially in paris i for a lot of the attractions that aren't in english or only have tiny bits of english i don't feel like i follow any of the storyline even if it's visually in front of me it's just kind of an experience so yeah, I think you're right. I'm really enjoying the new Star Tours then. <laughs> That's definitely an experience. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they have a man hanging from a cord. They dump him into well. Yeah. Get them That's back out. Torn. So what? what's that? What, why? Don't you think that they, they would ask questions about that? I mean, they're pirates, right? That's what they do. With everything, with everything <laughs> happening on the news, but then they say, okay, why is that red hat there? Well, that's pirates. That what it, that's what they do. And in the next scene, you see a woman chasing a pirate, which has, an, again, an, another form. I, I don't see why they, they should take that away. It's, it's going to be like that, so we're going to have to live with it. Uh, it's, it's not going to change back, that's for sure. Axel, you make a super good point because, like, that's how that's why I'm torn. Because half of me thinks this is a great idea. I wouldn't want my child seeing it or growing up with it and then thinking, like, that's okay. But then on the other half, I think that, like, my, my issue with being torn is that half of me thinks, okay, well, everything in Pirates is not great for children. Like, they, nothing about them are role models. So, like, do we start removing it bit by bit? And then that, that feels like I'm arguing against changes because then I'm like, well, if you change this and you have to change that and then you have to change this so half of me thinks there shouldn't be a pirate's ride in like hypothetical world where everything is a magical role model for children but then the other half of me thinks like the opposite and thinks well if you're gonna have this ride keep it in all its horrendous glory so i'm super torn but i, I lean more towards what they're doing i think okay like my my idea was like then you know are we gonna go next door uh, it's a small world and start removing all the cliches about nationalities and everything because you know it's a wonderful ride but 
if you look at some of the dolls, it's pretty everything. I mean, not all of them, and it's pretty cliche uh, on you know nationalities and continents. And if you're going to be politically correct, and like so many things that you could be changing in the parks, but they're just classic attraction, you know. And I don't know. To me, to me, it's yeah. a classic. And if you know, if people have a problem with pirates, then they can either decide to you know make up a story for their kid or uh, or just not take them on it. But um, yeah, I don't know. But just hypothetically. In a different world where this park, like when Disneyland Resort was originally opening back in California, if they're making a theme park, like I, I'm totally, I feel like I'm playing devil's advocate here because I don't agree with myself. But like if they were opening a pirate's ride from the outset, it feels strange to have a pirate's ride with all the stuff that pirates do in a theme park primarily geared towards children. Like I realize they completely don't agree because various pirates movies have come out of it and been incredibly successful and I, I love them but just hypothetically it just seems like an odd concept when i really drill down to it yeah but yeah. isn't isn't that the whole point of of disneyland having the boys have their pirates and have their indians and, and have their cowboys and then the girls have more of the fantasy land part and the, the princesses if if we are going to look into that, I, I know that when I was little, went to Disneyland Paris, they, they used to have cowboys just walking around. Is, is Buffalo Bill's Wild West show, is, is that going to change because they still have Indians or Native Americans? or That's, that's, that's part of, of history and that's, that's the original idea. And they had that, actually, they had that great uh, cowboy show in uh, Frontierland when they were... Uh like shooting each other almost and running on the roofs. I don't know if yeah. you remember those. The, they were pretty good. The introduction video, right? For like the intro, when yeah. the park opened. That yeah. didn't last very long. <laughs> and so the other thing in the right are the new animatronics. And obviously we have absolutely not seen all of them. But if we had, if we had, um, I, I, if you, I mean, the second Jack Sparrow is not better than the first one. That's all I can say. Uh, he looks like he just, uh, you know, deer in the headlights. Uh, to me, I don't know. What do you guys think? I don't know what's wrong with our Jack Sparrow in Paris. Uh, maybe the lighting, and maybe it's not done. You know, maybe it's I'm maybe sure, a little yeah. better when it opens. But yeah. well, I do. I really don't understand what's happened there. Like, I've I could be wrong again because I'm going on like third party stories here. But I was told many times that Disneyland Paris has had Jack Sparrow animatronics floating around like enjoying themselves on their own in a shed somewhere for a long time now so does this mean that our jack sparrows have always looked odd and why were they odd like why don't they look like america's jack sparrows like <laughs> what's no, going were, on they're they're really uh inside the right there are three new animatronics so it's so the third one looks good what's his name i it, always call um, him like it's barbosa Bar barbosa so the third one the third one is barbosa and you have two jack sparrows and those are completely new. All the other ones are still the old animatronics. So they, they tried to fix them up. They didn't have a lot of budget. So they had to fix up the old ones. But the stories of having a Jack Sparrow laying around, sitting around for years, that's that's not true. Ah, that's not true. He's, he's completely new. He's completely <laughs> new. So... All right, we have to go to another break. But when we come back, we'll talk about... I forget what we're going to talk about. Um, events. Hard tickets, hard events. events. Sorry. All right. We'll be right back. <laughs> 
<laughs> and we are back in our third segment. Is this the third segment already? Fourth. It is. Third. Fourth. I don't even know. Third. 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 Fourth. No, it's a fourth. Fourth? No way. Yes. It's going so fast. <laughs> I don't trust Chatty. you. Um, all right. Next topic we're going to talk about are events, special events at Disneyland Paris, hard ticket events, and sporting events. And Axel, uh, over to you. Gee, yeah. It's more and more. We see more and more events, well, special events and hard ticketed events coming to Disneyland Paris. So, for, for instance, uh, we're recording this, as you said, in the beginning. That was about 45 minutes ago. <laughs> That's a long time. Uh, 4th of July. So, in just four days, we'll have uh, Electroland. So, a, a first dance electro festival inside nice. the Walt Disney Studios with, with Steve Aoki, Nervo, and then two other guys. I don't know. But they have for, had similar events like this before, you know, before, before people send us letters. They have had uh, electronic events, but uh, yeah, but they were not as produced by Disneyland Paris as they are now. Yeah, but these not, that, that, that should, this should be a very big event. And there are, there are more, you know, they, they announced uh, they would have, for the first time ever, a New Year's Eve event. Uh, Halloween, of course. We have a Run Disney soiree, but is it, is it? proven to be successful don't don't forget we just had uh, beginning of may it's only two months ago they had a star wars event which wasn't sold out even worse they had to half price tickets now we see the same thing happening that was embarrassing yeah but we see the same thing <laughs> happening for electroland yeah. i bought my tickets i said from the first moment i'm gonna wait to buy my tickets. They did not have any discounts whatsoever for annual pass holders. No discounts at all. And now I bought my tickets half price. That's, well, that's we have, huge. We have free ones. <laughs> uh, do you think, do you think that, <laughs> do you think that, um, that the issue here is maybe a little bit of uh, market research? And I don't want to throw the Disney Paris market research people under the bus, but for example, um, uh, when you see things like what they did today with a you know rare character pre parade, uh, I feel like if you had special nights themed with rare characters and you know Alice in Wonderland nights or you know do uh, that kind of stuff, like are they just producing events that people don't really want? Like the Star Wars events really were just sort of the same Star Wars program. With Star, a few the Star actors. Wars is hot. Star. It, Star it is. I don't know. You know. I don't. I don't. I don't want to assume that we're any kind of you know a metric for what goes on at Disneyland Paris. But all my tweets about the Star Wars party were uh, pretty, um, you know, slow. Like people don't. I don't know. Um, but Halloween's is gonna sell out. Halloween, but Halloween has been a success for and, how many years now? And I do think that New Year's Eve will eventually sell out yeah. too. They have they have a huge amount of tickets. Don't don't get me wrong. I think, uh, as far as I heard, they have thirty thousand tickets for New Year's Eve, which is quite a lot. But every hotel guest will have will have the opportunity to buy a ticket uh, at twenty euro discount. So that will be twenty nine instead of forty nine, which isn't too bad. And as far as I heard, it's going to be the longest parade. Ever, 
ever. Ever. As longer as than April 12th. Longer than April 12th. Well, and I guess if you put floats, if you put actual floats in the middle of the April, April 12th one and you just throw in... I would, I would be happy with one, with one uh, big float. That would be more than enough. Because <laughs> remember, at the time the news came out, is that, is that for that for this event? I think at the time the news came out, uh, they were talking about uh, floats from Magic on Parade and yeah. old and old Halloween floats. And basically, yeah. they're gonna throw everything they have. They're gonna throw at, everything at the they pool have in parade it. routes that is gonna be overused for you know half an hour. Yeah. Well, as far as I heard from sources that I can say I do trust, they're talking about a 90-minute parade, which is huge. That's insane. Well, I love it. Well, That's Ben, we, we were together uh, this year on New Year's Eve. You need a chair. It was, like you can... it was minus, <laughs> minus 10 degrees Celsius. Uh, it was ice cold. And I was it really was happy. It, I was really happy that we could just seek a little warmth after yeah. the, the the parade. So yeah, I didn't really think this through. And, and I must say, I did a New Year's last year at, at Disneyland Paris for the first time, and it was at Walt Disney Studios because that's where all the action was going on. You know, prior to this new party, and you know they they did their best. It didn't help that it was extremely foggy, so we didn't see any of the fireworks, but. It was it was not the most magical time. I think New Year's needs to be on Main Street. This is where you want to spend New Year's, you know. So, to try to split the two the two things when back when it was free, and just being like, well, you can be on Main Street, but you'll just get Disney Illuminations, and that's it, yeah. normal nights. Or if you want New Year's parties, then you have to go to the studios. I know they're trying to split up people to, you know, obviously even out the parks, but I don't know if that's the best strategy for a party like New Year's where people want to be together. And in a place yeah. they really want to be, not because they've been forced out to the studio because that's where the party is. Yeah, but not not this year. I don't. I don't think they have. Not this year, of course. So, but the only thing this year is, I hope they do enough reaching out to people who have booked and enough uh, advertisements, uh, so that people know people who show up at the gates on the thirty first, especially with people with annual passes, show up at the gate, wanting to celebrate New Year's Eve in Disneyland Park. Uh, they might be a lot of disappointed people or angry people if they don't know that it's a ticketed party or if it's sold out, which I doubt it will be, but you never well, know. If, if you're an annual pass and you don't know it, then you're living in a cave. Come on. Well, but not everyone. Not everyone reads Indy 92. I don't know. I would like to think so. <laughs> but uh... <laughs> but we, there's, there's eventually Disney, Disneyland Paris communicates too. Uh, always a bit too late. But at some point, they will start communicating and saying, you know, hello, there's an event. I've, I'm receiving mails. I'm receiving Instagram notices, uh, Twitter, Facebook. Electroland is all over the place. Even yeah, but Steve, this week. This, yeah, but it's, <laughs> already, it's already going on for two weeks. They, they just, they, they, they don't have, I'm, I think I'm going to be alone. Yeah, it's, it's something that they should have really promoted really uh, strongly two or three months ago for people, especially people who, who live, not don't live around Paris, even not even abroad, like people who live in other parts of France. It's yeah. You don't just drive up to Disneyland Paris like that for, for a party. Uh, you know, people have to plan. 
And that's kind of the thing. And I like that they are planning a New Year's party very early this year. So they're already telling people the tickets are already on sale. It's July, you know, so yeah. it looks like at least they're not doing this, you know, mid-November. Like I feel it would be uh, something they would do. But uh, <laughs> why is it so? Why is it so hard for our special events when you see in, in for instance, Walt Disney World has a lot of they have after-hours parties. They have they start Halloween at the end of August, <laughs> and almost almost every single uh, Mickey's Not So Scary Party is sold out. Every special event is almost sold out. So is it that the European doesn't want to pay more than they already do? I have a theory. Ooh, theory. Ooh. My theory, which could be completely wrong, uh, is that in the American parks and potentially the other parks internationally that I haven't yet visited, um, I feel like for years they've had really good like discoverability in that people will follow, like people will visit as tourists and then end up following various different social media profiles for the parks or just Disney as a brand. And I feel like at least for American parks, those have been used really effectively over the last few years to the point where I think a lot of information that people get about the parks might not be from things like TV adverts and fan accounts, but might genuinely be from source via social media not so much advertising whereas paris i feel like people will follow online accounts after their first trip maybe but then the online accounts don't really seem to advertise anything they just seem to like again i could be missing it all because i follow a lot of random accounts but all i really see is like pictures of the park and like sentimental quotes which are great they keep like the spirit alive i guess but they don't mention any of the things that are happening at the parks i find so people that do want to find out don't know about them we have everything so you know i don't feel uh... <laughs> um yeah i mean it's true the it's very hard to get any information and and for people to get any information like yeah i agree it's partly by the way why i'm not sad about captain jack's because i feel like the restaurants at disneyland paris might not be as discoverable as they really should be in that people might not know they are there or when they're open or what's good about them like if i was a first time guest it might sound silly but i might genuinely not know what blue lagoon is or what the theming might be like because there doesn't seem to be much talk about the restaurants on like maps or in like the hotel room videos so having it really up front and like almost disgustingly obvious in the title kind of makes me think they might get an increase in People coming in and knowing about it, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, definitely. I think that's definitely part of it. They want to make sure people know what's in it. Because Blue Lagoon, if you're French, that doesn't really speak to you, does it? Like, I mean, you, you understand no, but they, Lagoon, but, you know. It's the French who take their picnics with them. Come on. They don't, they don't even eat at restaurants. Those are the people. <laughs> those are the people who start making their sandwiches early in the morning, taking it with them to the park and eating on the grass. Those are not because the people. Because they don't know there are any restaurants. On clearly. the grass. That's right. <laughs> on, on the grass. Get off the grass. <laughs> Bring your own picnic. Come on. Yeah, but you know, to go back to special events, I feel like in the US also there's there's a much stronger Disney tradition and a lot of families will go every year to either Halloween or Christmas or both 
and there's a lot more, you know, at the Epcot festivals, and it's become a lot of a lot more of a tradition. I feel for American families, whether in Europe, it might not, it might be something that you do once every few years, or maybe just once, and you know. So it's, I think it's harder for Disneyland Paris to sell this as like a, a tradition that you want to do every year. But I guess you know, changing well, up and reinventing themselves, it's it's the way to go. But and it's it's coming slowly. Look at Run Disney. It's a second. It's a second. Uh second edition I do I only hope that everything on that weekend on those three days will be better organized than the, the on sale what was it the, 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 the online oh sale of the, the bits. Sales. that was yeah. that yeah. was horror that well, was the, uh, everyone deserves a free massage who signed up for for what they had to endure on that day jeez <laughs> And uh, was I was terrible. actually on chat with Michael, who is a computer genius, and was trying to analyze which site was running which part. I don't think, Michael, I don't think in the end we figured out exactly who was hosting what, but <laughs> there were many... It was like... Um, it was a treasure hunt for where the yeah, phone exactly, was. Like, yeah. One was, was going so back layers. up, the other one was off, <laughs> it was vice versa. <laughs> yeah, that was it fun. It was a completely meltdown, complete meltdown. But And I'm not sure, I don't know what the conclusion was. I, I'm not sure exactly if they were trying to run it internally with partners. Uh, I think last year, if I remember, it was a completely outside company that handled registration. Yeah. I think this year was a bit different. So maybe lessons to learn for next year. Um, you know, maybe let experts do it. <laughs> because, Leave it to uh, the experts. For, the, for those kind of things, Disneyland Paris has never been really strong uh, online. Not to, you know, I don't want to be mean, but... Um, True. Once you got in, though, it was a pretty damn beautiful website, in my opinion. It's just True. a shame that it couldn't take the traffic, seemingly. But once you're in, someone clearly put a lot of time and effort into it. Yeah, but then they, they don't need to hype it. They hyped it so much that everybody <laughs> yeah, wanted to be yeah. there right. at that time. And, and that's why the site crashed. But they do that also in the U.S. and for most races, they do announce, you know, for like concert tickets for everything you do. But they have a good website. Sale. They do exactly. They have professional websites that handle the traffic. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, that was but, my pain uh, point though, because like in my head, I thought, well, if you're gonna make a website and do it yourself, that's great, fine. And like, if you're not gonna test the traffic to see how much it can handle, that's also fine. It's not the worst thing in the world. But if you're then gonna market the heck out of going on at a certain time knowing what's going to happen i feel like it's usually pretty worth like it's worth testing the traffic demand and how it handles it and things yeah so i was just a bit sad on that front so i was like you you kind of knew it was coming unless marketing didn't talk to the people behind it i don't know yeah well what else is coming is uh commercials so uh we're gonna take another <laughs> break and we'll be back in a little bit and we're back, and uh, I think we're going to finish a little bit talking about Run Disney with Axel, and especially yeah. uh, you know what happened on um, uh, Sign Up Day and and whatnot. Well, what, a lot of a lot of things did not happen. Huh? For instance, we could not buy the bibs. Um, a lot of people waited a long time, uh, quit their job, took took a day off, took they an quit extra. their job. Well, no, they, they, <laughs> They, they quit early. I said they they quit earlier. They they took a long lunch break, and nothing happened. Nothing happened that day. And I see I saw a lot of people coming back the next day, but couldn't get uh, the day off. Couldn't take the time they needed, and just didn't get their their bib. So 
I was I was a bit disappointed seeing that everything was sold out quite fast and then I think it was two days after that two maybe three days there was a website in, in France uh, called I think it's uh, Vente Exclusive or Showroom uh, Privé uh, that's a third-party website and they were advertising the run Disney packages so you could three days after everything was sold out you could still buy your package you could still buy your nights at the hotel buy the bibs you needed for every single run and I don't think that's fair for the people who waited so long and but you have to buy the whole package with the hotel but you have to buy the, the whole package and I think that's the, the main pro- well the main problem this year. Last year we had a lot of interest uh, out of the states. I think a lot of people came to see the first run Disney in Paris. And just leaving, I'm gonna leave the the the, the party. That's that's a different story. That that one was was not good at all. But the run itself, the characters we've seen, the organization was really good. And I think, yeah. and I think a lot time. of people enjoyed that, but do they need it to do it a second time? And I think a lot of those packages, and a lot of the hotel rooms for this edition, are still open, and I don't think it's good to shove it and say, you know, you have to buy the package if you want to run. I mean, it's definitely part of their marketing, right? Uh, they want to sell those hotel rooms and those tickets. It's using Run Disney to sell, to upsell on a lot of things. I think that's part of the. But I don't, I don't know, I don't know enough about the U.S. Uh, races, but I don't feel like it's something that happens at the U.S. parks. The whole package thing. Maybe you can buy packages, but it's not. I think pushed as hard as in Paris. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I think it's. I think I see it as a bit unfair. You know, if you have the cash, then you're in. If you don't, or you want to stay at a partner hotel, then too bad for yeah. you. And there's, there's actually a little bit of info that's courtesy of our friend Elliot, uh, who's talked to someone at Run Disney, and apparently they are gonna release more bibs in August, like they did last year, which I'm assuming are bibs that come from unsold packages or like that. But uh, apparently it's gonna <laughs> be a so. second rush at the end of August, but probably a couple hundred I feel again. Like that might but, be you know. worse though. Because all the people that went for packages as a last resort will now be seeing bibs being released. Yeah. Like, yeah. We, we were at the point when we saw the first day that we couldn't get in and the site didn't work. We were at a point of saying, you know what? We are just going to call in. We are going to book our room and pay the extra... Well, what I think... We would have paid 300 euros extra with the, the hotel nights. Well, I'm going to 300 euros extra than we pay now already because we're in a, in a partner hotel. So we were willing to pay a lot more just to be there for the run. And I think some people did it that same day and booked a package through Disney just because they couldn't get their bib. Yeah, I mean, they, I feel like that's all part of the machine, isn't it? I know it's unfair, but yeah. In theory, uh, though, do you think if someone was to contact Disney, like guest relations or whatever Paris's equivalent would be, that they'd be able to get a bib from a package in, like, like I guess logically taken away from a package or separated from a package because of the experience they had? 
Or do you think that provision probably hasn't been put in place or they wouldn't do it? I think Do you see what I mean? Yeah, and I think it's 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 nice of you to think that Disneyland Paris has a customer service. <laughs> they don't they, they don't no, no, I don't think they're going to do that. Um, um, because I called in at the the Infinity line, so the, the, the special phone number for Infinity Passes, and I called in the day that they should go on sale just to buy them through the phone line because the site wouldn't work. And then the lady said, well, I'm sorry, I can only book that with As your hotel. Yeah. Yeah. See, I feel like potentially... Like, I have an expectation that American parks, I have the same, well, to give you some context, I have the same expectation with Disney as I do, for example, with Apple, that if you were to contact them and explain the situation, that they'll they'll go against policy to make things better for you. But I have a feeling that even if Paris, uh, I guess, management wanted to do the right thing in this situation, that someone might not have thought of it, in which case the people in the call center just don't have any way to do it. And the end result being that people call up like yourself and then get a kind of computer says no answer. When in reality, maybe there isn't malice behind it or marketing push, but potentially, do you see what I mean? Like it could be a series of events that led to that not being the outcome that it should have been. But it may not be malice or marketing, if that makes any sense at all. (laughs) Yeah, that's possible. I I mean, all we can do is wish them luck for the second edition, right? You know, if they have the same organization as last year, hopefully um, everything will go well. And the runs are a bit different this year, so yeah. And I'm looking, I'm, I'm looking forward for, to the run. You know, we were uh, in Paris. We were spoiled with a lot of characters, which you don't have in the other parks. And don't forget that we're still at half price, or even less than half price, than what a run costs in another Disney park. So we're, we're yeah. still we're doing very well. I we paid for for the I'm doing the three runs five to ten and a half marathon. I paid for those three less than I would pay for one half marathon in Walt Disney World. Jeez. Oh, so that's not too. Why bad. Why do you think that is out of interest? Like as a side note, why do we think Paris is priced so like so much lower? People won't pay for more. People already complain because this, this, the half marathon used to be the Val de Hop marathon before uh, Disneyland Paris started, uh, you know, run Disney events. And oh. it was already half the price of what the first run Disney was. And people were very unhappy last year that Disney was already making them pay so much. I think runs in France, just in general, are much cheaper than the US. Um, ah, the French like to enough. complain. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe a combination of both. Uh, all right, so... Um, we're going to have to wrap up at some point. Uh, <laughs> Michael, we want to talk about Big Thunder Mountain or Big Thunder yeah. Mess, as I like to call it. Um, I don't call it that, but what I is going what on? That's that. what I like to call it. <laughs> uh, it was closed yesterday, uh, early at eight o'clock because maintenance yeah. had to uh, do something. I believe it was down a lot of yesterday as well. Maybe not the whole day, but a significant portion of. And the day before and the day before. Oh, wow. Sure. Okay. I mean, I, it, I'm just assuming now that Anecdotally. it's closed and sometimes open is the exception. But <laughs> Are we still talking about Big Thunder 101? Yes. Okay, no. okay. so good. Yeah. yeah. It's like, check the app before you cross over the park. If you're, 
if you're far away, check your app before you walk over to Big Thunder Mountain because if you, you don't want to. And if you walk over and you see white lights inside the mountain, <laughs> just yeah. turn around. Just yeah. the mountain's around. quiet, just go to a restaurant, enjoy your day elsewhere. <laughs> go have churros. If you haven't had the churros as a, at a Fuente de Rojo, they're pretty good. No, don't do you that. Know. If you want to Why? ride Space Mountain, don't do it. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna be stuck on Space Mountain if you eat too much. <laughs> well, that's actually the two things we want to talk about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I uh, got to ride it the other month and uh, had expectations that the trains were going to be uh, a lot softer and kind of very uh, comfortable to ride. I had all these like really high expectations and misplaced ideas. And then I got on it and I like before 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 the roller coaster even started moving, I was a little freaked out because the restraints are so mad to me. Like I like I expected that it would be so comfortable now that you wouldn't need to be like so tightly held in that you wouldn't need to like squish your head against the back to stop it being from like rattling around. But now when I get in, I feel like my entire torso is squished into the chair because it's got like those two seat belts either side of you along with the lap bar, uh, sorry, along with the shoulder bar. And as the ride is going, I don't know if it's just me, but I get really tense on Space Mountain where I pull the lap bar down and it just clicks and clicks and clicks <laughs> ever closer to me as the ride is going to the point where I'm barely breathing and I've got like seat belts holding me into the chair and my head is hitting the sides. It was terrible. Like, I can't believe people rode I assume someone rode this type of ride vehicle before, like, commissioning it and paying for it. But I don't understand how this is a good idea. It was terrible. You know, maybe it has to do with the tracks that haven't really changed much. Or the layout. uh, But but even if it was, like, super bumpy as it was before, I go, okay, fine, whatevs. The trains just aren't, like, you can put in new trains, but you can't improve the whole system. That's fine. But the restraints were just, oh. Not my kind of thing. <laughs> but it gives you a different feel, right? It's more open. You feel like you're less in a box. Yeah, it totally. Yeah, it totally did feel like that, especially in the, the light section. So where you can actually see things in detail, like the uh, when you get shot by the cannon, uh, or whatever it currently is themed to, because of Star Wars. Um, yeah, when you're in that area, it felt way more open. But I also felt like I could, I genuinely couldn't uh, uh, like enjoy the experience so much because I was so focused on the pressure that was being put on me um which is kind of sad but yeah the trains are kind of open which is nice <laughs> did, did you click the little red button at the exit you know when they ask you about your experience <laughs> oh see i just press like whenever i see those without even thinking i press like the happy green face or whatever it is oh. were you sitting in the front row or the second one uh so the I back think, or the front i think i got both because i tried it twice because someone asked me what I thought, and I genuinely couldn't remember because I was so focused. So I tried it again, and I think I got the opposite. Yeah, but it, those things are really hard to get in and out, and especially the back seat. So I think if you're if you're a bit of a, a bigger build uh, to, to to be nice, just as I see myself, I'm I'm happy to sit in the front. In the back, it's really it can be really tight. It's not as that easy just, to get in or out if you're a bit bigger person. As in, in each carriage, given that the train is made up of lots of different segments, do you mean in the back of each segment? In the back of nice each each segment. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. It's funny because you and you and Axel, you and Michael are quite opposite body types. So you <laughs> you get squished, 
you, you can barely fit, and Michael gets yeah. squished down by the yeah. bar to the point that he can't breathe. So really, Space Mountain is like just a great experience for everyone. <laughs> yeah, if you haven't seen a full shot of me, like a photo of me, I'm I'm like Jack Skellington but thinner. <laughs> and so like, even if yeah, I, yeah, it feels like unless you're in the medium, yeah. In fact, actually, maybe there is a happy medium. Maybe if you're like just the right build, those restraints and the new trains might be amazing. So you mean a skinny Dutchman? Who, who made the ride? I don't know. Have you? I was. It's not only that it doesn't. I don't fit in well, but also the the build of the whole thing. I had my my security bar, well, the, the, the harness that you come that comes over you, was already loose. So, so the, 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 it, it was already broken. I saw uh, pieces of a speaker under the wow. seat that was already broken. And we're talking, that's a new ride. Come on. Blame the yeah. guests. <laughs> yeah, but even even then, even if you... No, I know. I know. You, you cannot... We know that the guests can be rude and eat on the grass and spit and speak Spanish. but And make their kids pee everywhere, even though there are millions of toilets at this end. Oh, that was really uncomfortable, yeah. Like, that's an anecdote I, from me, I think. I mean, that's a whole different topic, but, I mean, come on, people. <laughs> use the toilets. You can make it, I to, swear. To like, be fair, that's like a one in, like, I've, I've never seen that in all the times I've been going. So it's oh, not our, like a common Our team occurrence. sees them every week. Oh no! It We're is, a big team. It is recurring. We're a big team. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There, it's a thing. It's a thing. Um, well, listen, we we are gonna get. We're gonna take another break because we already come in out of this uh, segment. Uh, but we'll have another segment uh, in just a few minutes. So we'll be right back. And we're back uh, on the uh, AD ninety two radio show. I remembered uh, to say that at the beginning of each segment, but I guess uh, you know it's the first one, so be nice. <laughs> Um, so we were talking about uh, Space Mountain, that's done. Uh, next victim, uh, Big Thunder Mountain. Um, what's going on over there? And before we transition, uh, Space Mountain, before I actually experienced the new trains, the designs that I saw, like, they don't seem to match. Like, ignoring the fact there's a lot of, like, temporary, or maybe temporary theming on for Star Wars, the train's designs don't seem to match the exterior or the building or anything they're they're like to me at least they're like vaguely matching in that they have some stars on and some like space related things but they're like bright blue and plastic looking to me at least they look like the kind of attraction you'd see outside of a supermarket that you put like 50 pence into and ride for 30 seconds they are they are standard uh, ride vehicle from um, um, who makes them Vekoma, but they have yeah. some de- they have some details on them. You have to, the 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 arch on on um, uh, on the harness. You have the Columbia t- uh, on the speakers. So they they have some they had they do have some nice details. True, the cool texture of the seats, like the you know that looks like uh, I'm sure you take away speakers because they break. <laughs> Hey, at least the sound. Remember before, uh, I mean, you had either some kind of faint little, you know, noise or no sound at all. At least uh, now the sound. True. That's true. Um, but yeah, they're not. I feel like, of course, I feel like the first trains were much more of a design effort. As in, you know, they were, they looked like they were really custom made for the ride. And these yeah. are more standard 
Oracle's strange, yeah, definitely. But see, I feel like maybe I didn't I explained poorly. Like I I'm fine with stuff being off the shelf in terms of what it looks like structurally. Like so if they all looked exactly the same now like if you stripped all the colours and the patterns and designs and things off them and just left them as like grey roller coaster vehicles, I'd be fine with that. It's just the fact that like they're bright blue and quite clearly like they're probably not even plastic when I say plastic but to me they're bright blue plastic and the rest of the entire experience on Space Mountain without Star Wars theming are like these dark colours and like mm. rich navies and Copper and dark yeah. orange and yeah. like and and these trains are bright blue and yes they've got theming details on for Space Mountain but the colours to me don't match at all like they're vaguely related fine and like the seats I like they look themed like they look kind of Victorian um, steampunky in their design like the the red almost leather looking seats but I feel like you can tell by just looking at them that they're hard plastic and that they're not they're not actually soft seats. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know. They're, we I'm want leather seats on Space Mountain. I don't know. Oh, my God. Because no, <laughs> they'll just kidding. fall apart, right? In like a year, they'll be like gone. We'll just be sat on like the actual track. But like, I don't know. Just I don't like them faking it. I would rather just honest design. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, anyway. you know, it's. It kind of is what it is, right? When they arrived, yeah. we were, I, I was a bit shocked by the cars as well when they arrived. Uh, but um, yeah, maybe they're uh, taking in consideration, you know, fading over the years. Maybe there'll be a lighter shade of blue in a few years. Maybe. I don't know. They could have a nice uh, patina. <laughs> uh, so what about Big Thunder? That ride was closed for so long. It doesn't work. And it's work. still a piece of... I can even so, say it. There's one thing I'll say about Big Thunder is when they announced the whole explosive scene, I had done it already in California, um, and I was worried because, you know, just like, and I don't want to be mean, but, uh, you know, advanced technology is not the forte of Disneyland Paris, and we see that with the parade floats, uh, the Lion King, by the way, has been missing now for two weeks, and something apparently is terribly wrong with it, but we don't know what. Uh, and, um, you know, when they install those projections and smoke and everything and LEDs, you know, my first reaction was, oh, that sounds great, but what about maintenance? What about maintenance? Is it going to last? And uh, and I've heard because, you know, tweeting about it not working, I've heard from people at, at Disneyland in California, they said, oh, you know, our smoke doesn't always work, our projections don't always work. So maybe, maybe it's just a too ambitious project for a ride for it to be on all the time, but you have to admit... Uh, I, I'm not even sure how many times I got smoke, uh, on that ride at all. Um, yeah, I've seen it a few times and I've only noticed it. If I've been at the front of the train, uh, I've looked back and seen the smoke come out and I assume that's deliberate. I don't know unless it isn't deliberate and it's just a little out of sync sometimes, but yeah, sometimes I thought it hasn't run and then turn around and there it all was pluming out behind me. Such a gift for wanting to see it in the front row. <laughs> I, never, I don't think I ever choose that. It's a nice experience at the end when you're like being shoved up to ground level. That's great, but the rest of it, yeah, not so You much. know, when you're in the front row, you kind of have the the front of the train, the accommodate, yeah, whatever, the front of the train in front of you. That kind of hides actually a lot. You don't yeah, see, you don't see the view uh, as much. Uh, but uh, yeah, this, this splashdown... Uh, works sometimes sometimes we thought you know it's too cold but then 
uh, it also doesn't work when it's warm sometimes. So opening day was very cold, wasn't it? Or like that period of time in December was pretty yeah. cold and it was running. Well, they had to on opening day because, you know, that would have made yeah. it be bad. Uh, but yeah, uh, I think they just need to figure out the, the problems and, uh, you know, they still have problems with the tracks. They have problems with the wheels, uh, with the trains, with the platform. I've heard before the various different reasons for why it goes down a lot these days. But like, do we have any like conclusive ideas as to what keeps happening? No, we don't. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Great. I don't think we do. I mean, I found it very shaky and, you know, they installed this whole new uh, ride control and uh, sensors. And I think there's an issue with that being, you know, installing some new system on some old tracks, old attraction. Uh, I think there's a lot yeah. of problems with that. It's supposed, it's supposed to make it boot faster when it goes into 101, which... I think to some extent, from what I heard, it does. Uh, but there, the price you have to pay is that it goes one on one much off, much more often. So, really, in the end of the day, uh, you just end up with a broken down ride just as long as the old system. So, uh, uh, but hopefully, you know, closing early yesterday was the first step, up, up, you know, towards trying to fix all the problems because it's starting to get a reputation so yeah, yeah. what's the second yeah. step not opening in the morning you know a lot of people have said that they would fans have said that they would be fine if they were closing it for another six months completely if that meant that it would be completely fixed maybe they need yeah. to just have engineers in there and just figure it out you know because it definitely yeah. doesn't seem like it doesn't it definitely doesn't seem from an outsider like an ignorant outsider's point of view to be something that it could fix by shutting the ride an hour earlier like that might have been for something but i imagine there's if there's a deeper issue like it sounds like there is like you said that does seem to be one of those like long running things and not like a quick overnighter well yeah, they definitely. need to do it quick don't forget that starting uh, january uh, 2018 they will close phantom manor so if they if they still have that much problems with Big Thunder Mountain, that means that Frontierland is is, is dead. Yeah, you don't have anything worth of of going there except if you want to eat a yeah. bad steak. Whoa. we're not going to get into the steaks, Axel. Just pass that by. <laughs> Axel and I and the team had quite a bad experience at uh, Silver Spur one night. <laughs> We'll have to chat about this. I think I did recently too. Um, they were making pepper sauce with some kind of, what was it? Butter with actual pepper thrown into it or something. I don't know. It was just, it was, and they ran out of, of uh, water pitchers. Sorry, no water pitchers tonight. Anyways, but that was, that was a long time ago. I'm sure it's fixed. <laughs> <laughs> um, in theory though, if Big Thunder Mountain did have to close for six months or like hypothetically a long time, am I right in thinking that realists like, the I guess the riverboats would still be running. The rivers of the far west would still be full of water. Like it wouldn't look as dead as it did for the year closure, where oh, everything was empty yeah. and boards were up. And because that was that was a dark time for Frontierland. That was pretty dark. <laughs> it was a dark time. But it I feel was, like that wouldn't be the case. But they have to do it in summer because once uh, the water freezes again, the boat stops running too. And then oh. if, if, they, if they continue having that problem until the end of the year, then at some point, Phantom Manor will be in its refurbishments, which it's, it, it's in need of. Big Turner Mountain won't work as it should, 
and the water will be frozen down, frozen solid, and the boat will not leave. And and that's it. What what else do you have? The frozen Great. sing along. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Major. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we shouldn't we shouldn't we shouldn't hand Frozen Single. It actually does really well and guests love it. And uh Yeah. And that's a good leeway into, you know, a great show that's now on the stage of the Chaparral Theater, which I personally love, uh, and is Forest of Enchantment. If you haven't seen the videos or if you want to stay spoiler free, I'm not gonna say too much, but uh, you know, people were complaining last year that the set was a little bit simple. It was just built as a sort of a cover-up for the Frozen set. Uh, so this year is the same set, but they have added a giant screen. I'm not exactly sure if maybe the Frozen screen is now in the back of the stage, the one that comes down or something, um, or if it's a brand new screen. But um, it makes the, uh, the set, uh, it gives the set a much uh, better depth. Um, and the uh, performers are just as good as last year and Merida sings live so uh, really a good show in my opinion it's a bit sad that it only runs till September 3rd it is um, I'm not really sure what the reasoning is and especially with Run Disney coming in like where why don't you you know you have a lot of uh, foreigners a lot of Americans coming in for Run Disney like have a good show on the stage but you know I'm sure they have their reasons um and another show that's done really well today is Mickey and a Magician, who won the Theme Park Insider Best Show of the Year, beating out Happy, Happily Ever After, the new projection show as Magic Kingdom, which was very well received. So wow. uh, that's that's pretty major. And uh, it's, uh, from what I understand, it's an award that's based on people's reviews on a website. So, you know, uh, that's a very good sign. That is good. People love Mickey and the Magician, so hopefully that it will stay on the stage for a little bit longer. Um, and uh, congrats to them. So I think it, it is almost time for us to wrap up. It uh, is already. Yes, it is. It's been an hour and a half. It's probably more than an hour and a half with the commercials in, uh, which, by the way, we don't control. So, um, yep, sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> But uh, I want to thank you guys both for being uh, on this first show. Uh, I think we should definitely do it again. Uh, and uh, yeah, thank you very much. Uh, we will, I think, have... Uh, so we will have a podcast version of this once everything gets finalized, uh, hopefully on SoundCloud and on iTunes. Um, and then uh, we'll try to put together a new show uh, very soon. So uh, thank you, guys. Well, thank you, Ben. <laughs> and we'll see, see you very soon. And keep listening to 8092 Radio because uh, we have lots of good music. So uh, you can just stay on the air. All right. May I take a moment to monologue? Absolutely. You have one minute. <laughs> <laughs> My quick minute is uh, that I'd like to dig myself out of a little bit of a hole here uh, in that I feel like we've done a lot of uh, constructive criticism of Disneyland Paris uh, over our little hour and a half of talking uh myself very much so and i'd like to just say that i love disneyland paris and for example big thunder mountain and as much as it hurts me space mountain's a pretty nice experience as its own thing i make all these like criticisms out of love for the place and the fact that i have such high expectations based on things they've done in the past so like i I'd, I'd like to just make it clear i guess that it is something i like 
and my criticism comes from a happy place and not just a I hate everything place, if that makes any sense at all. No, absolutely. And I think it's the same for, for Axel and definitely for myself as well. Uh, you know, we wouldn't be here doing an hour and a half radio show if we didn't love the place. So uh, right. obviously we talk about, you know, things that have been going on, but there's also a million things uh, that we love, definitely more things that we love than things that we don't love. So definitely. Right. More next time. Yeah. More next time. All right, we have to wrap up. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. We'll see you next time. See ya. Bye. 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 Bye.